Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. All right, when you get an opportunity to go sit next to the harbor down at Bread and Butter Kitchen to record a podcast, you'd never give it up. And today we are speaking with Dr. Lisa Began, who is the owner of Mobile Pet Vet here in Annapolis. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. All right, Mobile Pet Vet. I mean, your name is what you are, I think. It is. Uh, we are a house call veterinary practice in the Annapolis area. Uh, we cover a lot of Anne Arundel County and we go to uh, small animal patients to their house, um, bring a mobile clinic and do veterinary medicine at your door. That's very cool. Now, how long have you been doing um, doing mobile pet vetting or, or vetting in general? So I have been a house call veterinarian since 2003, and we started actually in the Anne Arundel County area. Um, and then I've been a veterinarian for 30 plus years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Long time. Always working on, um, you said, small animals with your... So I started out actually in the equine world, um, which is how I sort of got the idea to do mobile, because when we do equine work, we actually go to the farm. So we go to houses often. And I liked that relationship building that we were able to do when we would go and, you know, we could sit in somebody's kitchen and have a cup of coffee. And so I wanted to translate that. I always wanted to do small animal. Um, and so I wanted to translate some sort of feeling like that into my small animal practice, which is how I got the idea to do mobile. Very cool. Well, now, I mean, do you have a fleet of of vans that go around or do you have do work with other doctors or is it just you? So we have one current clinic van um, and we are in the process of expanding to get a second one. Uh, and as far as doctors go, I am, I have been in the past the full-time doctor and I just recently in the last few months have hired uh, three new part-time doctors. So there's four of us uh, that are currently working at Mobile Pet Vet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and it's Purely small animals. It's purely small animals, correct. So what is a small animal? So a small animal is going to be a dog or a cat mainly. We used to see some pocket pets like ferrets and guinea pigs and things like that. But we found that, you know, most people don't really call you out to the house for those things. But sometimes we'll see one as a sort of added pet to the visit. I've got to think that anytime you go to a doctor, at least when I go to a doctor, uh, notably dentists, uh, I hate them. I, I, I'm, I'm terrified of them. And I imagine it's very this much similar with any kind of an animal. I mean, I I worked with the SBCA, we worked with Annapolis Subaru, and and you can see the stress that like, like when dogs are turned in and cats are turned in and what they're going through. I mean, they have the same emotions and reactions that that we do. And yeah. I've got to imagine having a vet come to you is a lot better for their well being. I certainly think so. Um, what I would tell you is um, when we think about dogs and cats, we think about how heightened some of their senses are. And so they know when there's been an animal somewhere. Um, and if they're stressed out, they they know that as well. And so 
We really spend a lot of time making sure that the animals are really happy to be if they come into our truck. You know, most of the time is spent like giving treats if they're able to have them and just, you know, making them not even know that they're having an exam. We'll do things outside. Um, we really try to make it like we're having a, a friendly visit with a little bit of extra, um, you know, veterinary care on top of it. And we a try a little to, bit of a poke here. And a... <laughs> we try to make it so they don't notice. And I would tell you that most of the time, and, and they, that sounds weird for me to say that they don't notice, but if you know, it's kind of like when you think about kids and they're looking at an iPad or they're doing something when they're at the doctor's, you know, they tell us that that makes a difference. I really think giving treats and distraction is a really big part of what we do. And it's much easier to distract when they're at home. They're not like looking at all the things and smelling the smells and being worried about it. That makes sense to me. I mean, this is this is all the sense that they're used to, and this is their front yard, and this is every everything else. Now, what are the capabilities that you, I mean, what services? I mean, I'm assuming that if my dog is, you know, throwing up for days on end or something like that, that's a standard, okay, so what did he eat? Sure. So um, there are some limitations to what we like to do um, at the house because sometimes animals need to be hospitalized and that's just, a you know, a factor if they're really ill. So when it comes to x-rays, um, when it comes to surgery, those sorts of things, we refer to different practices. We work with um, a couple of local practices in the area that are general practitioners. And then we work a lot with referral hospitals and emergency clinics. And one of the things that we do is we end up holding uh, the client's hand and getting them in where they need to get into. Right now, um, it's really difficult to get into some of these um, veterinary clinics, especially emergency clinics can be really busy. And so we try to make sure that our, our pets end up somewhere where they need to be and aren't left waiting in line forever. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of triage. Uh, we try to decide, is this something that we can do at home and do we think it's in the best interest of the pet? And then if it's not, we try to, um, you know, talk with clients about what we think the next best step is going to be if it's not us. Does that make it easier on the emergency clinic that maybe, okay, you've diagnosed that there's, uh, not that a dog would ever eat a sock or a pair of underwear or anything like that, <laughs> but that there's a there's a sock lodged in the stomach someplace, mm -hmm. and that's beyond what what you can handle with right. the mobile pet bedding. So, I mean, does the fact that you have now triaged and pre-diagnosed the problem does that really help? The emergency clinic? I mean, I, I've got yeah. to think it does to a degree. I think it helps us to know where the best place for this animal is to be going. Um, because some things might be more of an emergency clinic sort of scenario, and some things might just be, all right, we need to be in a clinic for a few hours, maybe not, you know, a full-level full emergency clinic. So I think it does help. And then, you know, I will always call ahead and make sure that I've talked to the doctors that are there so that they know what to expect. And, you know, I, I, I like to think it does help them. I would have to think so because, I mean, you know, anytime you go into an emergency room, I mean, as a human, mm -hmm. you start from scratch Yeah, uh, where it is. So, I mean, this is you're coming from one professional to another to, to hand off. And it's a trusted professional that you have developed a relationship with in addition to the relationship that you have with your, with your client. Now, are people your clients or are pets your clients? Both. Or patients. I guess pets are, pets are your patients yeah. and people are your clients. <laughs> yeah, they're both. They're both our clients. You know, we, we consider the the people, the client, and the pet, the patient. But we really cater to both because they're both involved in the process. Sure. Well, what specifically, I guess, what types of uh, services do you have? I mean, I know one of the you know, horrible thing that comes into every pet owner's life is the end of the pet's life. Uh, do you, I mean, do you guys do it? And I know they've got some services that will come out and euthanize the, the family member the pet, sure. uh, at home, which is, I imagine, is probably a little bit better than in a cold, sterile 
yeah. kind of thing. Is that something that you do? It is something we do. We do that currently for our own um, patients. So um, we we ask that people become a patient of ours, and then we will carry them from, you know, puppyhood to uh, the end of life. Okay. So, um, you know, that's sort of how we like to treat our patients is, you know, we go from, we, we really end up knowing them really well. Um, we, we used to take new clients to do that, um, and we found that a lot of times it ended up being a discussion. Uh, and sometimes we would find that there were things that we could do for that pet that weren't, you know, maybe thought about. Um, and maybe euthanasia was not always the, the thing that it had to, had to be. Maybe there were some things to make a good quality of life. Um, and, and a lot of times owners were happy with that. So eventually when we're not as busy as we are now, which, um, you know, hopefully we'll be soon when we get our second truck, uh, we'll probably open it back up to new patients as well. Well, that's, um, so comforting when you sit there and see that. And I know that I read an article somewhere where they were talking about dog owners and cat owners as far as when they do need to put their pets down, that they always regret waiting too long. Yes. And it's it always seems like, oh, they don't feel like they're suffering in pain or something like that, but they may be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, there's a lot of regret of waiting too long. I think there's regret both ways. It's a really difficult time. For owners. Um, and I always tell people one of the things that I find is that the animal will tell you. Um, people put a lot of pressure on themselves to know what the right time is. And honestly, the animal knows what the right time is. And if we look for the signs with the animal, then we will know when we make the right choice. Well, they sunset themselves, don't they? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's just a look that they give you. It's a, you know, are they doing animals? Are they doing their things that they find joy in? Are they eating? Are they, you know, interacting with you? Are they, you know, doing the things that make them happy? And if if you, I, I tell my clients if they really don't know, to like sit in a room with them, just the two of them, and just try to listen to what the animal is telling you is right for them. Um, and, and if you listen, you will hear the right answer. That's great advice. All right, let's get off of the morbid stuff here. So what, <laughs> okay. Preventative medicine. That's I'm sure probably one of the biggest things that you do is like, Hey, we need to come out and we're due for the annual yes. checkup. So we do annuals, we do vaccines, we do blood work. Uh, I really enjoy dermatology cases, cases that have had, you know, difficulty, um, you know, with skin and ears. And um, that's something that I sort of have a passion for trying to help uh, animals with skin problems and ear problems. Um, I also really like internal medicine. So I do a lot of complicated um, endocrinology cases, cases that have a lot of parts to them. Um, and I work really closely with uh, internists in the area to help work with these with these specific patients. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Do you do teeth cleaning on cats? I do not because that requires <laughs> anesthesia. And my feeling is that they should be in the hospital for that sort of thing for monitoring. Okay. So, But our clients do get it, but we make recommendations. To, to a partner that you have. Yes, yes. That's uh, something somewhat foreign to me in that when I was growing up, it was like, Dentist for cats and dogs, that's kind of crazy. But yeah. it doesn't make sense, or it does make sense, as I'm an adult sitting here thinking about, well, yeah, okay, what's what's so different about them than right. than me? And it's not just cosmetic when you think about uh, dentistry. You know, we think about, oh, we want our teeth to just look really white, but that's not really the reason why we do it in animals. There's a lot of bacteria in the mouth, and the bacteria has to be cleared by different organs in the body. So it can affect all sorts of, you know, illnesses, basically. It can create all sorts of illnesses for the animal if they leave it. Well, what are the types of the most common issues that you're seeing with your with your patients that 
So illnesses, you mean? Like what is the yeah. most common illnesses that we'll see? Uh, I see a lot of skin. Um, I do see a lot of skin. We have a lot of, uh, you know, different reasons. There's a lot of allergies that can occur. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of those sorts of things. Um, you know, animals, just like people, as they age, can have their organs just not function as well as you would hope. Um, you know, we'll see kidney disease, liver disease, um, diabetes, Sort of similar things that you would think of in in the human aging population, we see in our patients too. Interesting. Are you you're not? Are you twenty four seven? No, we are not twenty four seven because we are small. That would mean I would not sleep. Right. Um, but we have a twenty four seven answering service. So if somebody um, you know doesn't know what to do and they call our answering service, they'll direct them who's open at that time and okay. where to go. Okay. So you know we do we do have a live human that that does talk to our clients you know any time of the day or night that they need help. No, just question. I mean, I'm not asking you to tell any deep, dark secrets or anything like that, but <laughs> is a mobile pet vet more affordable since we don't have, well, we don't really have too much in health insurance for, for pets? I mean, I know you can buy it. Yeah. Health insurance has gotten is, a lot better. And I really recommend that my clients that really want to be able to do things for their pets um, do get health insurance. And we help our clients find the right one because I will tell you that our my clients that have health insurance are able to do most things these days because of the fact that the health insurance is actually, um, you know, covering them well. It's important to get it early. So before an animal has what's called a pre-existing condition where they may just say, no, we're not going to cover that because it was pre-existing. But I really highly recommend it because it, you know, when you're in a situation where you want to do something and it's expensive for your pet, having health insurance makes it a lot easier to make the choices. Oh, it does. When you... You know, I, I know at one point I had a, a cat that was 14 years old and she had uh, some sort of cancer. She was jumping into uh, some kidney failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had to make the, you know, it was to the point where it was putting IVs in daily type thing. And they were like, well, we could do surgery and it would be, you know, it was like $7,000. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, it certainly didn't come down to a financial decision for me, but I mean, right. I was looking, okay, well, she's 14. You know, she's not loving these IV things that I'm putting mm-hmm. into her. Uh, yeah. The kidneys are failing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we made the decision to put her down. Mm-hmm. But when you're faced with a crazy, you know, vet bill for surgery, uh, that's that's a shock. And that, I imagine that puts a lot of people into a very awkward, hard position. Definitely. Because, you, you know, you look at some folks that, I mean, okay, we may have a $10 million waterfront mansion down here and they've got all the fancy dogs and that would not be a problem. Uh, but animals are so binding. They're such a part of every family Yeah. that you, know, you may have somebody that's a more modest means that all of a sudden, you know, hey, uh, I, I can live fine on my salary, but I can't drop, you know, huge things. So insurance does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And as far as cost, you asked me um, if, you know, how we compare. And I would tell you that we are going to be a little more expensive because we come to you. We don't see as many patients as, mm-hmm. you know, you can in a clinic. So, you know, where they might be seen every 15 to 20 minutes or half an hour in a clinic, we have about an hour in between each patient, you know, that gets us to the location and then we spend, you know, that much more time with them. Um, so we do have a house call fee, which um, is in addition to the other things that we do. And all the other things that we do are going to be comparable to what you'll see in the clinic, but the house call fee will be added. I mean, that, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. And then, you're, you're dealing with a one-on-one from the time that you leave, you know, to the time you get to the location, treat the animal mm-hmm. and, and get back. Right. And then you've got to obviously clean up your uh, clean up your mobile pet van and, <laughs> and, and everything else as, as well. And you're not doing a uh, you know, it's, it's not a uh, 
a line. Next. Right. You know? right. No, <laughs> you not know? at all. It's definitely, we take as much time as we need at, at each house. And sometimes it's a different amount depending on what the animal needs. With all the animals that you've seen and all of the experience that you have over these years, uh, equine and feline and canine and everything else, what is the best advice you can give to somebody for a long life for a pet? I mean, what can somebody do to ensure that their pet is going to live as long as they possibly can? Preventative care is going to be the most important thing. Um, you know, feeding a, for me, I think feeding a good quality diet is important, just like it is for us. Um, keeping them exercised and active and following up with veterinary care on a routine basis, checking lab work. Um, you know, animals hide things. And so, and they even hide things from veterinarians. You know, we, we do the best that we can do, but I think doing some screenings like blood screenings when they get to a certain age really helps to catch things early. And the earlier we catch things, the better it is um, as far as the outcome for treatment. How frequently should we do well checks? I mean, I know that usually in October, I go see my doctor. Yeah. Is it once a year? Is it twice a year? Is it? So it depends on the age of the animal, in my opinion. Um, you know, puppies are going to be seen frequently because they need vaccines every three to four weeks until they're about 16 weeks of age. And then they can go annually up to a certain point. Um, usually my rule of thumb is at about eight years old. We start to try to see them every six months if we can. Um, you know, some animals are really super healthy and we can go to that every year. But um, at the eight-year mark, I like to try to make sure we're doing some annual lab work and not just the exam. And then I like to get some baseline lab work sometime, you know, in the life of the pet, even before eight years old, just so that I know what's normal for this animal when, you know, when and if something happens, I have something to compare to. That makes sense. Now, do you do any of your own lab work? We do. Or, I mean, yeah. some... We do. We actually draw the blood, um, you know, do any of the cytologies where we're looking for um, under the microscope for things that might be on the scanner in the ears or, you know, in a tumor if we found it. And then we work with a lab um, that picks up our samples and runs it in a, you know, in a big lab. Mostly dogs or mostly cats or? A little bit of both. Um, you know, I, it depends on the week. Some weeks we have more cats, some weeks we have more dogs. Um, I think for the cats, they really don't like to travel. So for the cats, um, you know, I think having a house call is, is a lot nicer for them. When, let me ask you too, when you say a house call and I'm picturing a, I've, I've seen the mobile groomers mm -hmm. come and everything else and they, they come and they get the dog and they bring them into the, the thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you actually go into the house or, so, or do you bring the animal into, into your mobile? So we started out as um, a house call practice where we went in the house. Um, and then during COVID, we actually bought this van, which is a clinic. It's set up like a clinic inside. So we try to do most of the animals in the truck. There are some animals that are not amenable to coming out at all. And we yeah, there's like, going, nope, 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 you're the vet. Yeah, I know it. I don't right. care what kind of truck you've got. <laughs> you, I've seen you before. Right. So some, I mean, luckily we don't have that many of those, which is a good thing. But um, but we will come in the house. It does cost a little bit more to have us come in the house because it takes a lot more time for us to do that. We have all of our equipment. Everything we need is in this mobile clinic. And so, you know, it's a lot easier of a process and a quicker process on the animal if we're, you know, in with all of our things. Um, so we certainly prefer that, but that doesn't mean that every animal has it happen that way. So you really cater your practice to the, the, the patient, the animal that, that needs to. So, I mean, if I've got a, you know, hugely stressed out dog that's just never wants to leave the house period, except to go out and, you know, pee and poop, you can deal with him on my living room floor. Right. Right. Exactly. And I'm a big I'm a big proponent of making sure that they're not stressed out. 
And we're lucky because these days there's a lot more um, medication therapies that we can give for the anxiety level of a dog if they're having, if they have like severe anxiety seeing, seeing the vet. So, you know, we work with clients, we'll do something called a meet and greet a lot of times where we'll just come and see what the animal is like in their home environment and decide what's the best way to handle this situation, um, you know, to make everybody more comfortable, the vets, the dog, the cat, you know, the owner, whoever that is. And then we may end up having to come back to do what we've decided on our plan. But um, every animal is different and we look at it that way. This has been really interesting. I think that it makes a lot of sense in a stressful situation and, and, and even just a checkup is stressful, mm-hmm. um, for, for me or, you know, for any animal, much less an illness. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think it's, I mean, to be able to bring it to you as opposed to having, uh, I mean, I know I've got a cat right now. So, I mean, you know, you're fighting to get it in the crate and take it home. And that's just a nightmare. Uh, then I've got to go to the doctor myself to get right. take care of that. And one of the things I'd say, too, is we've talked a lot about the stress of the pet, right? Um, but there's stresses of the owners, too. Um, an owner has a lot of work and they really can't take the time to be able to, you know, go to the vet, wait in the waiting room, you know, see the see the vet drive home, do all those things, you know, in this era of telework and, you know, us working a lot, this is an opportunity where if you're at home, you're able to do all the things that you normally would do. And the only time you're taking, and and in some cases, they're not even taking time. They'll bring the animal to us. They'll go back to work. They're on a conference call or doing whatever. And we'll bring the animal back and, you know, hand a credit card. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes we'll have a credit card on file because they know that they're like this. Or, you know, they have multiple children and they don't want to have to bring, you know, five children into the veterinarian because they don't have somebody to watch their, you know, children for them. And when we come to the house, they're still able to, you know, take care of the family and do whatever they need to do. So there's a lot of reasons why we do what we do, um, just to make it easier and, and less time. I never thought of that. It makes a lot of sense. Do you prefer, as now that, now that you've practiced in, in a four walls and uh, now you're practicing in four walls with wheels, uh, do you have a preference? Yes, four walls with wheels. Because of all the things we've talked about, I got into this business because I liked animals and people. And I like the fact that the animals and the people, well, the animals more so, still really like me at the end of my, at the end of, you know, when I've seen them. And and that wasn't, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't still really like somebody in a clinic, but they just think I came, visited, gave them treats, and, you know, they saw me leave. And that's a really nice thing. Well, I think also because you're small makes a little bit of a difference that yeah. uh, you're coming to them in a in a familiar location as opposed to Oh, look, mommy brought her friend over to play with right. as opposed to, OK, pushing me into the car, taking there. And there's some stranger now, you know, poking me under the chin and, right. you know, and feeling my belly and all that kind of stuff, which is a uh, thing. MobilePetVet.com is your website, right? It is. And you are on Facebook and Instagram and all of the, the we, we are. Fun things as you well. Can, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram um, and please like us. And, and again, uh, Dr. Biggin, you pretty much Anne Arundel County, but like the sort of central Anne Arundel County, right. Davidsonville, Crofton, Annapolis, Severna Park, Arnold. Severna Park, Arnold, um, Crownsville, Edgewater, Mills, Millersville. Those are our main areas. Um, at some point we may expand once we've got more trucks to get to that area. But, you know, the biggest thing is that we want to be able to service the clients that we have and we don't want to be, um, you know, in the northern part of the county and not be able to, you know, get to them as they need it. Do you have any plans to expand beyond? I mean, I know you're you're talking about a second uh, vehicle to come into the into play, but I mean, are you 
would you see this maybe being statewide or? So I would love that in that I would still want to keep it um, in the personal as personal as we have it and the relationships are really important. And I think one of the things that I strive to find is a way to expand while still keeping the importance of relationships. I think sometimes when um, businesses expand, they lose that personal touch. Um, And if there was a way to keep that um, and make sure that everybody still felt the same way that they feel when we come, I, I would love to expand this and offer this to other places. You've said personal so many times during this <laughs> podcast, which is which is wonderful. And I mean, it's refreshing to hear um, because personal relationships, it doesn't matter whether you're buying something on Main Street or whether working with a, a veterinarian or a doctor. I mean, it's it's important. And I mean, I know that I, at one point I had a dentist. So I knew I was just a number being pushed through, mm-hmm. which was really disappointing to me. And I remember I even had the chance to ask him, why is it? You know, what, what happened to the sip and spit, the, you know, the little cup with the water and you're, you know, and he said that, you know, we'd be kind of, he was very honest when he was getting ready to retire. He said, we've become so corporate focused that we're now driven by, we need to get more patients in. So now we have that little tubey thing that just goes in, in, yeah. your, in your mouth. So you don't, you know, we're gaining 30 seconds for every sip and spit by having this thing constantly run. I mean, it's more expensive to do, but we can get eight more patients in a day. I realize that we don't have that personal relationship that we we all strive for. Yeah. And that's something that you're providing. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, as you mentioned, it's it's a tough balance. I mean, we all at the end of the day. Um, we need to eat. Yeah. We, you know, we need to see enough people because there's a lot of people on our list. But we also want to make people feel like, you know, in the moment that we're there, this is what we're here for. Um, and it doesn't matter what's next for us. It's what we're doing right now in the moment. And I noticed that you're, you've got your tagline on your website. I did look at it, yeah. look at it for is less stress for you yeah. and your pet. Uh-huh. Does okay. I get that right? Yeah. Less stress for okay. you and your pet. I mean, where did that, would that, I mean, obviously that's obviously why that's there, but mm-hmm. I mean, is that something that you came it, up with? Yeah. So it's been with us for, you know, the 20 years we've been in business. That was sort of why we started this. Uh, was because we wanted that to be part of what we did, you know, realizing everything we've talked about here, you know, realizing that those are, you know, concerns that people have and, and making things different. You know, we want to, we want to be somebody who's different from the alternatives, you know, that, that has a different feel, does things a little differently. Um, because I think, you know, having, having seen what it was like in the clinic, it's nice to be able to, have it be, you know, just sort of a fun visit as opposed to, you know, a scary visit. And so, you know, I, I think having that tagline was was sort of the start of where we were starting. Fantastic. Dr. Lisa Began, thank you so much for your time today. Mobilepetvet.com is where you want to go to learn all about it. And, you know, if you've got an animal, uh, think about the stress of bringing the animal to the doctor and uh, put the stress back on the doctor, make the doctor come to the animal. It seems to be the way to go. Uh, it makes you. sense to me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.